welcome to our message for March 28th. I'm Keevan Gwynn, one of the elders. For the next few months, elders are going to help fill the pulpit. I really want to thank Mark Bassett from our Redeemer Church here for giving a message for us the last two weeks. Very well done. Pastor Gary and Don, I want you to know that we're thinking about you, we're praying, and we love you very much. After praying, I'm going to read today's passage, which is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Let me pray. O oh God, you are a mystery, one God but three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You are a stronghold in times of trouble, and we have many troubles. The coronavirus and Gary Knox brain cancer, to name just two. We know you are with us every step of the way, but it can still be hard. The next six weeks, Gary Knox will have treatments five days a week. This is hard. Gary and Don need strength, stamina, courage, and peace. Gary needs both physical and emotional rest. I pray that there would be minimal side effects from the radiation and chemo. We pray for continued wisdom for the doctors. You are a big God. You can perform a miracle and take the cancer away from Gary if that is your will. But I also pray that we be conformed to and accept your will, whatever that may be. We thank you for the blessing of reopening Grace Point. We pray that COVID numbers would continue to decline so that we can meet and have more opportunities. We thank you for the letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. This letter is as applicable today as when it was first written. I pray that my words would be true and honest to Paul's message. Amen. The passage again is Philippians 4, 4 through 7, and let me read this passage. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Before his illness, Gary was preaching through Philippians. His messages covered uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 3, verse 16. It's been a few weeks, so let's review the first three chapters of Philippians. Chapter 1, verse 27, conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, and then we are to stand firm. Chapter 2 is a call to humility. It's a call to unity in the church. Chapter 3 is a warning. Beware, there are false teachers. And that's still the case. In chapter 3, verses 12 and 14, we are told to press on toward the goal. 
And then in chapter 4, verse 1, it starts with therefore. So based on what Paul was telling us in chapters 1, 2, and 3, therefore stand firm in the Lord. The three imperatives for Philippians are stand firm, press on, and rejoice. Philippians chapter 4 was not written to offer suggestions. The passage doesn't just provide good reminders and encouragement. The Apostle Paul gives us a series of exhortations. He is strongly urging us to do something here. Let me also say there is much more to say about these four verses than time will allow. For what I'm about to say, many thanks to Paul Mayhew and Becky for your suggestions, and also want to thank Maddie Moore for the challenge booklets. This morning and in this, in this passage, I'm going to focus on five words especially. Rejoice, gentleness, anxious, thanksgiving, and peace. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice is great joy. Well, that's a duh. But also the word delight. Delight in the Lord. I like that. Rejoice is repeated, and anything that is repeated, we need to pay attention to. But when I think about the word rejoice, I think of the story of the prodigal son. The son has taken his inheritance, and he's been away for some time. He squandered everything, and he is coming home with his tail between his legs, so to speak. The father sees him in the distance, and this is what I envision the father jumping up and saying, my son, my son, and he runs to him. There's an embrace. He kisses him on the cheek. This is rejoicing. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 72. And when they come back, they say, even demons submit to us in your name. In verse 20, Jesus replies, Don't rejoice that the demons submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Jesus has given us some context about what to be rejoicing in. In this short passage, I see verses 4, 6, and 7 that are quoted fairly often. Verse 5, not so much. In fact, I would say it's kind of overlooked. Verse 5, let your gentleness be evident. The Lord is near. Gentleness, humility, kindness, being patient, meekness. This is like a mother caring, caring for her infant. She's gentle. She's sweet. She's kind. She's easy. Isaiah has a few verses that relate to the word gentleness. In Isaiah 66, 13, God is speaking. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And in Isaiah 49, 15, and 16, 
God is again speaking. I won't forget you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. So it's a given that God is with us and God will comfort us. The first part of verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. When we are anxious, we doubt, we worry, we have distrust, we're uneasy, we're nervous, we're fretting, we're wringing our hands. The second part of verse 6, but in everything, present your petitions to God with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This is an expression of gratitude. It's a form of worship and praise. So think about songs and hymns, a prayer before a meal, praise over an answered prayer. Tim Keller says, true Christian gratitude <clears throat> rejoices not in how oneself is changed, but rejoices in the one who has changed you. And this directly ties in with uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 20, with what Jesus was saying. Verse 7, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So our heart and mind will be protected. This is a peace that is way beyond our comprehension. Someone is in very difficult times, but they can still find peace. Peace is more than not at war or not in conflict. Peace is not just freedom from disturbance. Peace is not just tranquility. This kind of peace means completeness and wholeness. All is good with us and we need nothing else. A typical response when someone asks how they're doing is, fine. How are you doing today? Fine. When Becky is asked how she is doing, she answers, I am peaceful. And in every case, the person that asks the question is just, they just stop cold in their tracks, so they never hear that. In John 14, 27, Jesus is speaking. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This is not a peace that comes from the world. This is a peace that comes from our Lord. Sometimes life smacks us in the head or knocks us off our feet. Amid the uncertainty and the anguish, our challenge is to recenter in our faith. This past year has been a real doozy. Here's a few things we faced. So when the pandemic hit in March 2020, everything changed. And we're not back to normal yet. What we needed to do was to get back on our feet and rediscover our joy. Instead of being anxious, we needed to be gentle, thankful, and peaceful. When we had the social injustice and social unrest last summer, we needed to press on toward the goal, hold on to our peace and joy, and we needed to be thankful and gentle, but not anxious. And then on January the 6th, when Capitol Hill was stormed, we needed to stand firm and be at peace, but not anxious. And we needed to be gentle and thankful, and we needed to rejoice. Gary and Don, 
I pray that you can rejoice, that you can stay gentle and give thanks, and that you can be at peace and anxious about nothing. Chuck Swindoll has a six-word summary for this passage. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Pastors like using a series of words that start with the same letter. We can boil this down to three R words. Rejoice, relax, and rest. Thanks to Becky, here is a line from a Christian novel that is relevant. So in the book, two women are talking about the fourth chapter of Philippians, which I find ironic because that's our passage for the day. One woman says she wants to hold on to the words, and she says there's a difference between memorizing something and really holding it in my heart. The other woman says, so you want to own the truth and not just rent the words. Own the truth, not just rent the words. Paul Mayhew advised me to tie these passage into Palm Sunday and Passion Week. The Apostle Paul wants us to change. In fact, he expects us to change. Whether we like it or not, change is the only way for us to conform to and become more Christ-like. If we do what Apostle Paul wants, it will change our thinking, our outlook, and our relationships. I'm talking about the vertical relationship with us and God and the horizontal relationships with everyone else. So this is what the challenge I'm going to present is all about. It's really my challenge that I'm taking on for Passion Week, but I'll share it with you. This is an exercise to prepare our hearts and minds for Passion Week. It's also a way to engage in Philippians chapter 4 and do more than just read words. So this is something that we can do as a family. You can do it with a partner or by yourself. Take heart in knowing that others in the church will be doing this also. And when we do this each day, we need to make sure it's a whole purpose and focus. So this is the challenge for the day. There's going to be a passage to read. And then each day, let's go to Philippians chapter 4 and try to live those words. On Monday and Tuesday, we're going to read Matthew 21 about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And what a wonderful experience that must have been for the followers of Jesus. There was singing and I am sure there was dancing. Monday and Tuesday, let's rejoice, be gentle, not anxious, thankful, and peaceful. Wednesday and Thursday, let's read Matthew 26 and Luke 22 about Jesus praying in the garden. And I would also recommend as a bonus to read John 17 verses 20 through 26, where Jesus is praying for all believers. It's also how he's praying for us. Danger is just ahead. It was going to be hard, very hard. Jesus was going to ex experience separation from God the Father. This was like being in hell. 
It was so intense, Jesus sweated blood while he prayed. The followers of Jesus, they were pretty much clueless. So Wednesday and Thursday, let's take on those words from Philippians. Rejoice, be gentle, not anxious, be thankful, be peaceful. Then on Friday and Saturday, let's read in Luke 23 about the crucifixion. And let's think now how the followers of Jesus must have felt. Friday and Saturday was just awful for them. What did they do to our Lord? The apostles, they were cowering and hiding in fear that they were going to be dragged out and crucified too. So Friday and Saturday, let's become the words joyful, gentle, not anxious, thankful, peaceful. And then next Sunday morning before our Easter service, read Luke 24 about the resurrection. And again, let's think about the followers of Jesus. How did they feel during this time frame? Two days before, Jesus was dead and they were in anguish. Now it's Sunday morning. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. When they encountered the risen Lord, there was joy to exceed anything they had experienced before ever and then sunday after the service let's walk and breathe those words rejoice be gentle not anxious be thankful be peaceful amen <music>